Well, Chrissy, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm going to break some exciting news to you. <laughs> I'm ready. We are influencers. <gasps> I didn't think of it that way, Anne. Yeah, we're influencers. I'm going to start calling myself a part-time influencer and you should do the same because for some reason why, I don't know why, why I did this, but we had just posted the podcast about the chaos experiment and we were explaining about how, you know, it's hard to come by. And we had to buy two of the only five DVDs in existence on Amazon. Yeah. And I looked because I was ordering something, which I don't like to do because I don't like to support Amazon, but that's neither here nor there. And I noticed that there was only one copy left of the chaos experiment. Coincidence? I think not. No, there's no way. There's no way. Two people, two listeners were so compelled that to go and purchase those, those copies. And we, I got to know who, who, who are you? Uh, and you could knock me over with a feather with that news. I cannot believe, I mean, it's cheap. It's what, $10 or something. Yeah. It was like, t- I think it's like 10 and change. Yeah. I feel almost guilty about it, except I'm, I'm <laughs> giddy with excitement. I'm thrilled. I wish we could produce more copies and just see, <laughs> see more people would buy them. So one, one left. Imagine if we're responsible for no one now being able to see this movie because all the copies have, have been sold. I mean, that's, I, let me just say, even if the last copy doesn't go, this is a success. It is. I consider it a success. I, my God, I I don't even know. I think you're right. We are a legitimate influencer. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's taken 9,000 episodes and two years to be (laughs) (laughs) influencers for two. All right. Well, this is That's Outrageous. And I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast that compels people to buy gently used DVDs of obscure movies. Outrageously overlooked movies. Yes. Outrageously overlooked. We're doing our part for the world. Oh my gosh. What a, what an achievement. (laughs) We should, we should quit while we're ahead. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. All right, Anne. Well, this week we have some, some good stories. Here's one that, uh, I don't know. I feel like you're going to be fired up about this one, but. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll get you, we'll get your, we'll get really? the. We'll is, get it, the is it what? possible for Botox to like kick in even stronger? Over time? Yeah. Cause I feel like it's gotten way stronger. I don't know. That's an aside. You look smooth as always, Anne. Smooth <laughs> as always. Smooth. Smooth. smooth it out. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going for. I just want to look smooth. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, just a tiny bit, everybody. Yeah, just, there. just a yeah. smidge. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Okay. A man was on a 10-hour flight. Okay. International tra- flight. Oof, that's long. That's a long. I don't know how people do those flights that are like 20 hours or. Yeah. Anyway, this guy was on a 10 hour international flight. He paid extra. He wasn't in first class, but he paid extra 
to be near the front of the plane because that's where he wanted to be for this long flight. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Sure. A family of four got on the plane. Yep. He was sitting next to three of them. Oh God. I know where this is going. The mother asked if he would change his seat so the four of them could sit together. And he said, no. And then she proceeded to unleash some profanities on him. Oh, she, he said, respectfully, ma'am, your travel issues are not my problem. And I am keeping the seat I paid for. And she made a scene and again, called him a profanity and, and was saying out loud, wow, look at this asshole who can't even move seats. So a family could sit together. Where, how, how, what were the seats difference was like right behind them? Like, was it several aisles away? Yeah. He said it was 20 rows back. Oh, 20 rows back. Yeah. Yeah. That woman's nuts. Right. If it was the row behind him or in front of them or, you know, right. Maybe I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Unless he like paid for an aisle seat and they want him to move in the middle or something. No, 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 no. no. But 20 rows back, that woman, that woman's the asshole. Uh Ah, that, that was the general consensus online that people took his side, which I would too. I would too. I mean, we've all been there where, you know, I remember when like Nick was a tiny, tiny baby, there might've been one or two times where someone was like willing to move or like, oh, but I would never, it would never, first of all, even occur to me to ask someone to make that kind of move because you, if it's that pressing and paramount to your travel, you should have figured that out in advance before getting on the plane and then winging it and hoping someone will move for you. Exactly. Well, and that, and that's the other thing, the seat she wanted him to move to was a cheaper seat, obviously, because it was 20 rows back. He's like, that's not even the seat I paid for. No. Well, then what happened? Did the flight attendant come over and say, lady, relax? It basically, she had to go sit in her seat. And then the husband who was sitting next to the guy apologized to him. Yeah, I'm sure he was like, actually, thank you. My wife's a nightmare. And I'm <laughs> so happy to have 10 hours away from her. You, you did me a solid. Oof. People are really entitled in this world. Yeah, it's not right. I agree with you. If it was one row back, same seat. Sure, I'll move. Yeah, sure. I'll move over like no big deal. But 20 rows back is a big difference. And like you said, it's a less expensive seat. I'd be like, are you going to pay me the hundred dollars extra? Yeah. Okay. Next story. And okay. Now, as we know, there are a lot of unfortunate things going on in the Ukraine right now. There sure are. But here is a happy story. Sort of. Well, it's kind of half happy, half not. Oh, brother. You're really selling it. I know. Well, I was going to say it's a happy story, but it's not really because I a happy, happy relative and relative to the horrors. Right. So a chimpanzee named Chi Chi. <laughs> I love that name. Chi Chi, the chimpanzee. Oh, hi, Chi Chi. Yeah. Um, escaped from a zoo in the Ukraine and roamed the city streets for hours. Now, people knew that she had escaped, had found her, but she was avoiding them. She was running away from them and they were trying to get her to return. Couldn't do it until it started to rain. 
And then there was a zookeeper, you know, who was trying to sort of coax this chimpanzee back, who gave the chimpanzee a yellow raincoat and a cuddle. <laughs> oh, Chi-Chi just wanted a hug. And then one, and then got on a bicycle. They put the, they put the chimpanzee on a bicycle. There's a video. It didn't pedal itself. They no. just sort of helped guide it. He wanted a ride. He's like, I'll go back with a ride. I'm fascinated that there's even like they're they're maintaining a zoo. So that's why that's the sad part of the story is that the zoos, unfortunately, are not immune to this uh, Russian conflict that is going on. And Chi-Chi had been evacuated uh, from their from its normal zoo when the Russian invasion happened. And this has caused a lot of stress for animals because there's the sound of rocket attacks, air raid sirens. And there have been uh, over a hundred animals at the zoo have been killed in rocket attacks. <gasps> oh, yes. And also six park employees have been killed. But at least Chi Chi got a ride on a bicycle. That's horrifying and horrific. And you know what's wild is it's like typical U.S. news cycle. I feel like you don't even hear much about the Ukraine anymore. You have to look look and find the information. It's not front page news. Well, this week actually it has been because uh, the Ukraine has been able to regain some territory that it lost. So it's been a very nice turn, at least in the conflict so far. They've been covering a lot of that. The only news I see is a dead Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, well, I do see a lot of that. My my apologies to any of our our British listeners, our UK listeners. This monarchy. I mean, come on, stupid fucking Prince Charles, get out of here, King. He's the what, king. Whatever He's he is, the- beat it. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, here's the last story, Anne. Now I keep thinking about Chi Chi. Why don't we take some of that monarch money and go and give it to the Ukrainians? How about that? How about maybe don't don't bury that bag of bag of bones in a in a gold coffin or whatever? I'm just saying. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. The Pompons, the the to see the two things side by side. And look, yes, of course, I know this woman served her country. Whatever she did, okay, great, I get it. That's fine. But just to see, you know, the parallel, I see them side by side in the pomp and circumstance around this funeral and all, and then to see what but a whole people are going through is, I think it's personally disturbing. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> Here, let's move on to a very pressing story. Let's keep it light and sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, How do you like that pan- panthro 1980? Was that mindless? Oh my God. What'd you call it? A box of bones? That's very, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess, well, no, she has old bones. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. And here's, a, here's something you can really sink your teeth into. Okay. Here's a question. Ever wondered what your salad, what your salad is thinking at lunchtime? I, I, I haven't. And now, you know what, you know what it's probably thinking? How am I this expensive? I was gonna say you have nothing but disdain for your daily salad and yet you continue to eat it i know i eat it very begrudgingly and i have a lot of um resentment towards it yeah you do it's never the way exactly the way i want it to be it costs one million dollars <laughs> god forbid you add in an extra you add avocado i mean i feel like i need to have a monocle and top hat i have to I, it's like i'm queen elizabeth if you get avocado on it it's like that'll be an extra fourteen dollars 
So that's what the Sal is probably thinking. I'm not <sighs> worth it. The Sal is probably thinking, thank you. I didn't realize I was worth this much. Yeah. I think it's like, you're a sucker every day. You keep spending money on this. Yeah. Well, let's leave that aside. See, I thought you wouldn't have any controversy. Did you just say, let's leaf that aside? Oh, I <gasps> did, but I like that. Uh, leaf it aside. I like it. All right. Well, scientists at MIT have engineered spinach plants. Spinach is very, very good source of folate. Not only folate, it can detect explosive material in soil and relay the information back via email. Wow. Yeah. Why are there explosives with near spinach? No, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> like, is that something I need to be worried about now? Planet <laughs> spinach is being planted near explosives and I'm ingesting explosive material. Well, I think, okay. So the thing is the root of the spinach plant detects the presence of nitro aromatics in groundwater, which is a compound found in explosives such as landmines. Oh, brother. The carbon nanotubes in the plant then emit a signal, which is picked up by an infrared camera and sent back to a lab via those handy emails. Wow, plants are amazing. Yes. Uh, while it has only been used to detect explosive materials so far, they say it could be repurposed to warn us about pollution and other changes in environmental conditions. That's amazing. And then it makes me now I'm like, what can we eat? Because a lot of times people who are vegetarian or vegan or whatever, you know, choose not to eat those items because they think it's upsetting to the animals. It's hurting animals. They feel pain, blah, blah, blah. So what if the spinach has some feelings? Wonderful, Anne. But I think the thing here is they're using their, they want to use the plants to gather information to uh, serve as warnings for environmental conservation and monitoring because they can translate that information. So I think they're looking to it for larger purposes than just feeding people as it's going, they're in tune to environmental changes that we might not pick up otherwise. No, I know I'm saying it sounds like the spinach is smarter than mankind. Correct. But I would just say, I think you should keep eating spinach. Makes you smart. And also was Popeye, it makes you strong. According to Popeye, it makes you strong. Right? Oh yeah. Popeye would eat the spinach and his, and, and it was canned spinach, no less. And he would, you know, his muscles that has not happened to me. He was strong to the finish. Wasn't that the line? Yeah. Cause he eats his spinach. Yeah. I think I'm getting weaker and I eat plenty of spinach. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can detect landmines. <laughs> right. I, I do start to get the chills when I'm near a landmine, but I don't feel much stronger. I can't run from the landmine then. I'm like, oh, I'm so weak. You have less money and you're, and you uh, are not as strong, but you do know about the landmine. <laughs> right. All right, Dan, let's talk about this week's movie, which I believe you picked. I don't think I picked this one. You did. I think I picked it. I think we yeah. were talking. I read something about it that and I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but I used to watch this movie a lot when I was young. Yes, it's called Just One of the Guys from 1985. I bet a lot of people listening used to watch this movie. I feel like it was always on like HBO. Well, I did read, um, you know, it, when it came out, they had high hopes for it because it was during a period of time when teen movies were very popular. 
However, it did not do very well at the box office, but then it did do better in the DVD market. Yeah. And like the, I remember the VHS box where she's standing in the locker room and she has the two football helmets. Oh, over her breasts, over her boobs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This was the last in it. And also it was also the last in a sort of trilogy of gender bender drag movies as they call them uh which started with tootsie in 1982 victor victoria also 1992 and then this one 1985 okay well i like all those movies i mean tootsie's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah this movie is nowhere near as good as tootsie well i mean what is tootsie's the best tootsie's great um yes oh sorry and then film did do very well in test screenings especially amongst teenagers uh, so again, they were very excited about it, but they feel like um, it got lost in the shuffle because it was released around the same time as some Brat Pack movies. Mm, 85. So that's like Breakfast Club. Yeah. And like probably St. Elmo's Fire, that kind of. Yeah. Around that time. This is a, this is a lighthearted comedy. This is a lighthearted comedy. So this, the, the, the plot is very simple. Yes. Although it's also, it does not make sense, by the way anyway it falls apart very quickly yeah but i mean the mere setup which is this girl teenage girl named terry Mm -hmm. goes to high school popular girl pretty girl has it all the the college boyfriend whatever she wants to be a writer she wants to be a reporter and there's some sort of some sort of contest at the school that if you submit the best story, you can go on and get an internship at the local paper. And yes. she thinks she's going to get this because she wrote the best story. And the teacher, she finds she doesn't get it, but she hears the teachers talking gross about her. Yes. She's very attractive. And yes, she overhears the teachers talking extremely inappropriately about her and would be fired. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even be fired in this year, let alone 1985. Oh, they they most certainly would. No way. They're literally saying things like we should keep, they were like, we should keep her back so we can keep looking at her legs or something. It was like, I don't know what kind of schools you went to, but at all the schools I went to, like that's par for the course. I had a teacher that I'd walk into the room, he'd call me a tall drink of water. (laughs) With every grade, he'd be like, well, aren't you a tall drink of water? I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but he, he, okay, I'm not defending that by any stretch, but he also wasn't like, oh, I love your legs. That's basically what they were saying. I think he probably, I'm sure, I'm guarantee a teacher said that they liked my legs or something else. I promise that. Yeah. But anyway, continue. That's neither here nor there. Well, my point, well, I mean, what I'll say is what's con- continues to this day is, you know, high school girls are objectified. But anyway, so she, seems to think that the reason why her story wasn't chosen is because she's a girl. Correct. And she says, if I were a boy, I probably would have gotten my story chosen. And you know what? She's probably not wrong. So somehow, and this is where I don't understand how this happened. She decides she's going to dress like a boy, enter a different high school mm-hmm. and resubmit that story to that high school journal journalism teacher but how does one transfer schools mm-hmm. with a birth certificate i'm assuming right don't you have to go in with a birth certificate 
I would think so. Right. That probably identifies her as female. And that, again, this is in 1985. Yes. Well, I think that's why she purposely had this androgynous name like Terry. I guess so. But I just don't understand. Like, wouldn't you need a parents to sign your paperwork? I don't understand. My point is, I don't understand how she was able to enroll herself in that school. Well, yes, it made no, I mean, the other thing is that the entire duration of this film, which, I mean, it doesn't take place over that much time, but what is like two weeks, three weeks, at least her parents are out of town for this whole time. Yeah. She's living at home with her younger brother. It's just the two of them. And wouldn't the other high school be like, where are you? You haven't shown up for any, or did she full transfer? Yeah. It was like, she transferred. Well, exactly. Right. There's so part was never worked out. And that confused me that she all of a sudden could just show up at a brand new school towards the end of the year, because they keep talking about the prom. So this is like late in the year. Yeah. She, you're right. She shows up as, as a, as a boy. Yeah. She cuts her hair. I think she looks pretty good. She did look good. I mean, it's well, okay. But let me just say this. This is where the whole thing for me, let's just say, okay, somehow she got herself enrolled in this school. Let's just give it that. Right. She, does this happens very early in the movie she does submit that same story as a boy to the paper yep and they tell her they're not going to print it because it's well written but boring yeah it's not good she's not she thinks she's this great writer and she's by the way not right so the whole premise of the film is that this is this is this was my thing the whole premise of the film is oh okay she's going to become a boy and it's going to bring to light all the differences that happen uh if you're a boy versus a girl like all these experiences are going to happen like you're going to have it uh, let's just i think that's the theory everything's going to go so much better for you if you're a boy than a girl right within a half hour that's out the window because then it turns into like a, a love triangle. Yeah. What I think is funny too, is the journalism teacher says to her, you're a good writer. You just have to find something interesting to talk about. And she literally is standing there going like, Hmm, what could that be? As she's standing there in a different high school dressed as a boy, pretending she's a different person. Like, right. what could I write about? I've just <laughs> am baffled what an interesting story would be. What could I do hmm. that's the whole thing it's like then it just goes to the normal tropes of this type of movie which is one sex starved horny little brother check yep. mark love that kid so horny horny sexy brother with like playboy photos on the wall bully in the high school played by billy zabka done and done and let me just say also and that completed his trilogy of bully films starting with Karate Kid, which we all saw. Karate Kid. Yep. Back to school. Yep. Just one of the guys. Yep. And in this one, he is he is an asshole. Oh, a hundred percent. He doesn't he doesn't get to showcase any of that signature Zabka charm that we no. come to know and love. But I still still find him delightful. Then you have the nerd again, that kind of movie. There's always real weird nerds, the ones that have the tape on the glasses and almost talk like robots with our like eh, eh, make noises like that real real hardcore nerds yeah and that and, and oh shoot what was his name one of them is played by um Ari Gross thank you then there's you know like the hot chick everybody wants to bang who somehow isn't Sherilyn Finn no different- who is Sherilyn Finn who's like <laughs> one of the most beautiful women in the world but all right 
but that checks out for high school. That does check out for high school. Um, and then the like sweet guy, you know, then it's always like, oh, well, he's sweet. Like the sweet, quiet guy. Right. As portrayed by one Clayton Roner. Right. Yeah. So it goes right into that, you know, and again, we know she has the older boyfriend who drives the sports car. So it's all of the things that you, you know, come to expect from a movie like this. And dare I say demand. Also, Sherilyn Finn, who plays an attractive yet overlooked somehow uh, high school girl who's winds up, of course, having a crush on the main character, not knowing that she is a girl. Terry. Yeah. So that's the movie in a nutshell, basically. Yes. And then it becomes the classic love triangle because Terry falls in love with the quiet guy. The quiet guy is in love with the popular the most popular girl who's dating the bully. Yeah. And then the Sherilyn Finn is in love with Terry. So it's right. like, it's yeah. sort of, it's sort of like a circle kind of. Yeah. Here's what's so funny about Zabka being the bully, which his signature move is that he comes over and he lifts the tables in the cafeteria and dumps all the food on people. Yeah. But what he does that, that is, um, an original move, I I think. I've never seen anything <laughs> else like it. Is he puts on um fingerless gloves? Oh yeah. Before he does any of the bullying or any of yeah. the beating up or any of the tossing trays on people, which I found so interesting. And I thought, well, that's the dorkiest thing I ever saw. Wouldn't you turn around and go, what's up with the gloves? Like, I feel like that could have been his Achilles heel. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, even at the end, he, pu- he pulls the gloves out of his, his tux coat, ready to rumble and puts them on. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What kind of gloves were they? I know. Don't you think that was sort of like also an eighties thing? Because, you know, like, I know this is different, but Michael Jackson had his glove, like thriller was 1984. Like, I think there was a lot of gloves going on in the mid eighties. No gloves for sure. were going on as like a fashion accessory, but he seemed <laughs> to need them in order to deliver the beatdowns. <laughs> and I kept, I was like, are they th- like special gloves that are like, can you can punch better with? I, I don't when in doubt, t- maybe he had very um, breakable skin. He wanted to protect his uh, manicure. Has nice, beautiful, smooth hands. But that is, if anybody knows the answer to that, I would like to know if there was some sort of thing as like a special glove set for punching, I guess. Here's my take on this. This movie was directed by a woman named Lisa Gottlieb. It was her first film. I just thought, I was like, if this is directed by a woman, the main character is a woman. I thought there would be a little bit more of a, I don't know more positive light for women to be shown in, but they're, they're not, they're not shown in any positive way. There's, you know, there's the, 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 I mean, the main character is not exactly doing anything. She's just, she's just, the fact that she's dressed as a man has no bearing on how she, she doesn't treat other women any better. It's like, I don't know. I was like, I felt like there was going to be some statement made by this movie. And yet it was just a dumb another dumb teenage movie where of course I actually read like you know she has to sort of prove to the guy that she gets a crush on that she is a woman because he can't believe it I'm like all right well she doesn't look that much like a guy and she has to flash him her breasts and it's like she didn't want to do that the actress didn't want to do that she talked to the director about it they thought about it and then she was like now you got to do it like it's the 80s it was probably in the contract we need to see at least some boobs 
those are the only boobs we saw aside from the naked ones on the wall the brother they were but they certainly could have opened she could have opened her shirt and we didn't actually have to see her boobs he could have seen them and you would have still gotten it that's true there was like i was just like what are you trying to say with this movie everything is just the same like you're saying everyone was in their cliched roles and yep. there was no surprise it all just kept going yeah it was almost like you know in the movies where it's like the mousy girl and then there's the scene where they walk down the stairs with the glasses off and all of a sudden it's like wow it's the same kind of thing well this is the other thing this movie is loosely based on william shakespeare's 12th night so you would think if that was the case they would have a little bit more material to play with but yet they didn't choose to make any interesting choices i guess that's the thing i think well, again, I think part of it has to do with the fact that it was 1985. I think if it was made now because as a society, we were so more progressive in terms of gender fluidity and all, I, I, I don't even know if you could really make it now, to be honest, like kids these days would be like, who fucking cares if it's a girl or a boy? What do, what do I care? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. So I, I don't even know. And, and that's, you know, and I will say in this film, even for that, the character, when Clayton Roner finds out that or he assumes that Terry's gay at towards the end because she says she has feelings for him and he's like, oh, okay. And I like that at least even in that 40 years ago, whenever that was, that his reaction was, oh, whatever. Like it was not like, what? That's horrible. You know, it was a very honest, normal reaction. Yeah, sure. I mean, but he was also, he, let me just say this. He was also portrayed as sort of a more sensitive guy. Like he wasn't, he wasn't the boyfriend, Kevin, who was like the quintessential stereotypical frat guy. Yeah. Lee McCloskey, that guy, he's great. He used to be on soaps. Oh yeah. I saw he was on some soap forever. Yeah. He says to her, you look like hell. If my boyfriend said, ever said to me that I look like hell, I'd be like, oh, there's the door. Yeah. And also, and he's not the Greg Tolan, who's the Billy Zabka character. Like he is supposed to be sort of the more quiet, sensitive. So I think that reaction at least was in keeping with his character. But it also like the other thing is when Terry starts falling in love with Rick, that's his name. <laughs> Rick, Rick Morehouse. Rick Morehouse. She's dating the, the college frat guy. He, I mean, whatever. They don't really portray him as a jerk or anything. So it's like, she's very quickly falling in love with somebody else. Like, not that you're not entitled to do that, but I'm like, yeah. there was no signs of any trouble with you and frat guy. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. I mean, I guess she kind of started seeing the differences when he was saying that kind of stuff to her. Like you used to dress up real nice and look hot. Now you don't anymore. And I think the directive was you have to make this movie and it has to be a teen romp. I, I don't know what else she could have done with the, with the work for, for what the assignment was. The, the little brother who is like the annoying little brother, although he's great to her, the whole movie, he's like totally helps her out. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's very nice to her is in on, you know, the, they have a nice like sibling relationship. Yes. At the end of the movie, you know, because of course the whole time she's trying to dress up like, you know, Terry, the girl, and then she has to switch clothes. And, you know, there's a lot of those kind of scenes. So multiple people show up at the same time and she has to change the clothes out. And so the boyfriend, the whole time she's, keeping him at bay. I'm busy tonight. I can't see you. I can't. So finally, of course, it gets to the point with him saying, this is ridiculous. I got to see her. Where is she? And it culminates at this big prom. And that's when, you know, the jig is up. Yeah. She's been revealed. Literally. 
Yeah, literally revealed, breasts and all. And everyone is shocked. I'm like, she does, she's not that convincing as a boy, but okay. I just don't understand why she had a full New York accent and nobody else in the whole movie does. That's what wasn't convincing to me. She's like, hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm like, what is John Travolta? What's happening over there? Um, well, let me just say the other kind of not great thing about her, let's just take her, for instance. She spends most of the movie trying to help Rick win over this girl, the, the girlfriend of Billy Zabka. Yeah. He, he does. He, he does. Her to the prom. He's like kissing her neck on the dance floor. It's like, good for you, Rick. He's super psyched. I liked him actually before his 80s makeover. I thought he looked better as this sort of quiet, sensitive type. I like him all around. And you know, I have several photos with the actual man, Clayton Roner. I will have to share them because he was good friends with a friend of mine. So he would be at events here and there. And I'd be like, you have to take a picture with me and look like you're in in love with me. And he'd be like, oh God, but did it like, like a true gent. Yes. Okay. But regardless of your interactions with him, (laughs) he's finally with the girl that he's like been after. Yeah. And then Terry becomes mad with jealousy and has to ruin it all and be like, no, look at me. I have breasts. Can't you date me? (laughs) No, he's like, you're, but I like blondes. He's like, but I just spent six months trying to get this woman yeah. with your help. Yeah. You help me. You tell me what to do. Yeah. And that's, what's funny too, is the girl who's the most popular girl prom queen. What's funny too, is that Zabka's prom King, but everybody hates him. I'm like, how did he even win as prom King? Intimidation. I guess so. But he, she's super into Rick. Like she's like a sweet girl. Yeah, she is. I have to say for all the stereotyping that's going on, you would think she's kind of bitchy. She's not. She's just very nice and is nice to him. Yeah. Well, and then the other, the other ridiculous thing is the little brother who's the sex star. He's supposed to be like 15. I think they say he's 15. Yeah, he's 15. With all the nude pictures on his wall and all that. When Sherilyn Finn comes over to see Terry because she thinks he's a boy and she's into him, Terry pawns him off on the brother and she's like, okay and winds up sleeping with the brother yeah oh you know what's funny the part where she's like go out with my friend and it's a sixth grader <laughs> i mean <laughs> she makes rick's double date with a sixth grader and i was like for a minute there because it was the 80s you go mm, i don't know what's gonna but he's like oh geez that part was funny <laughs> but that's the other thing it's like that's another portrayal of woman like oh i can't get him so i guess i'll just hop in the sack with the brother why not well, I think she was impressed with him trying to defend his sister. Perhaps. Would that still draw you to jump into the sack with someone who's 15? I think she's supposed to be 17. That no one, no girl who's 17 cares about a 15-year-old boy. Let me just say that. Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, I just found the whole movie. I was like, I didn't think it was as interesting as let's say the other teen movies from the 80s, like the John Hughes movies. It was certainly not as well done as those. It wasn't as well done as even other kind of Shakespeare ripoffs like um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like it, it just, it was just very one note, let's just say. And the note was not a good note. <laughs> the note was flat. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it was flat. Exactly. I just, uh, I don't know. Well, I like it. Yeah. Well, the director said the studio wanted to cast a lot of unknowns because they wanted to have fresh young faces. Because I guess since there were so many teen movies, maybe they thought this could be a, a good vehicle to try to find some some new play, some new people for it. Well, I mean, who from that 
Cheryl and Finn obviously went on to do stuff. So, I mean, they actually, I think they all worked. I know the girl was the main girl. Like they all, I think, continue to work pretty regularly. Yes. But I will say that none of them became like a Demi Moore or a Rob Lowe. Huge giant stars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they were hoping for. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, at the time, the actress who played Terry, uh, Joyce Heiser, was dating Bruce Springsteen. Really? Apparently he came by the set. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the other thing is she and Clayton Roner, they were both in their late 20s playing teenagers. Yeah. That was the other interesting thing. They're in their late 20s playing teenagers. And the brother, Billy Jean, was legitimately a teenager. He was 15 at the time. So it's like. (laughs) Yeah, he used to be named and in this movie, his name, because I remember him from the teen magazines when I was little, is Billy Jacoby. And then when he got older, he changed it to William Jane, oh. Billy Jane or something. And I don't know what happened or why. I don't know what happened either. Maybe he, maybe Sherilyn Finn whispered it in his ear and he was like, all right, whatever you say, Sherilyn Finn. I don't know. I love Sherilyn Finn. Um, another little bit of trivia in the movie, uh, the character Rick is obsessed with James Brown. Oh my God. That's the best that when he's, when they're in the room and his entire room is decorated head to toe with James Brown. And he's like. When I hear James, I just have to dance. Well, and apparently the real James Brown, which I actually can't believe this, came to set for three days, three days to teach him to dance. Chrissy, I'm not even kidding. And anybody who's listening that has an in at a studio, I'm not joking. That sounds like an amazing movie. James Brown coming to set of this teen movie to teach for three days like that could be an amazing movie he said it was the greatest three days of his life not james brown uh clayton roner oh my god this is this is that would be quite a film can you imagine no it actually is kind of interesting it's a it's fascinating i need to know more (laughs) well he said it was it was a one i can't believe he did it i can't believe they got james brown to spend three days on that set james brown's a good time did he but he doesn't even dance like james brown in the movie he does dancing, but he's not dancing like James Brown, but who can, I mean, really, you know, honestly, nobody can really duplicate those moves, but that's fantastic. Yep. So anyway, so yes, that that's my take uh, on the Muldoon scale. I will give it a Muldine. That's fair. That's tough, but fair. I'm going to do a Muldoon just for nostalgia's sake, because I just, um, it makes me think of, of youth. Well, for your personal connection to Clayton Roner? Yes, and that too. Yeah. Who's a delight. I'm sure he is. Well, if it was free, I'd say watch it, but I had to pay for it. Did you have to pay for it? I ended up paying for it because I didn't have time to watch it with commercials, but I believe it's free on Crackle. Oh, Crackle. Okay. Didn't check that one. I've checked everything else. I'm telling you, but the best, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't sleep on two things. No. TV channel, cozy TV. Oh yeah, cozy. And Tubi for movies. Yeah. Tubi has everything. And well, and Cozy has all those old sitcoms like The Nanny and whatever. They have everything. They're always, I, I only ever see promos for The Nanny. I think that's the only show that's on there. Old Columbos. Oh, please. I'll get sucked into The Nanny. I didn't watch The Nanny first go around. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I just, I don't, I, I wasn't around. I guess when it was on the air. Like I was out. And so I've been watching it lately. For some reason, I get really sucked into a marathon. I was like, this show's funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's, it's really good. good. Yeah. 
All right, Anne. Well, I don't know what we're going to influence next, but I am excited. I am too. I'm not even kidding. Like that legit made me happy. I was like, oh my God, people actually went and bought the movie. It's great. It's honestly crazy. Like went do, 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 looked it up, purchased it. And it's it's currently en route to someone's home. I tried to loan it to someone at work. No one would take it. I was like, anyone want to watch this this weekend? No. Well, they're missing out. Yeah. You can lead a horse to water. And look, we did our we did our job. We did our due diligence. Two people are and I would really like to know. You can remain anonymous if you'd like, but I would love to know what you thought of the movie. Was it worth it? Please, please contact us by any means. You could DM us on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can comment on our podcast. I feel like we have an email out there, but I don't never checked it. What if we have all these people emailing and we never knew? No, no, we do, but I no, I have checked it. No one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and <laughs> every now and then we get an email from Google business because it thinks we're a business. They're like, is this thing still on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll